2 Timothy chapter 2, a familiar text, verse number 1. The Bible says, Thou therefore, my son, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus, and the things that thou hast heard of me among many witnesses, the same commit thou to faithful men, who shall be able to teach others also. Thou therefore endure hardness as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. No man that warreth entangleth himself for the affairs of this life, that he may please him who hath chosen him to be a soldier. Let's go to God in prayer, and then you can be seated. Our Heavenly Father, thank you once again for letting us be in your house. Thank you for your people tonight, for the opportunity to give and the offering. We thank you, Lord, for the special singing, and most of all, for your presence. I pray now that you'll bless the reading of thy word and speak to our hearts. In Christ's name we do pray. Amen. Amen. You can be seated tonight. In this text, Paul mentions to Timothy the word soldier uh, two different times. It's mentioned in verse uh, number three and then again in verse number four. And so uh, the emphasis here uh, that Paul has given Timothy is that of being a good soldier. And so uh, he gives him some requirements that if he's gonna be a good soldier for Jesus Christ, and he said in verse number one, first of all, you're going to have to be strong. He said, thou therefore, he said, my son, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. So if you and I are gonna be a good soldier, we have to be strong, isn't that right? And the word translated strong literally means to be strong from within, not without. In other words, it's not uh, the biceps of an individual that uh, that determines their strength, but it's that inward strength that gives them that, that, that perseverance and that stamina uh, to keep on going when the going gets rough. And so Paul, uh, the older preacher, tells Timothy, the younger preacher, uh, to be strong within and the grace that is in the Lord Jesus Christ. And then he tells him in verse number two that if he's gonna be a good soldier, he's got to be selective. He said that uh, he said here the same commit thou uh, to faithful men and so Paul uh, emphasizes the importance uh, of if you're going to be a soldier you're going to have to be faithful isn't that right I tell you if there's anything missing in the day that we're living in uh, we need more faithful men and faithful women of God and so uh, he tells him to be strong he tells him uh, to be selective to be a faithful individual and then in verse number three he tells him to be steadfast he said thou there for in your hardness as a good soldier. Now, when you think about that uh, phrase, endure hardness, uh, it literally means to suffer evil, to suffer trouble, or to suffer affliction. And so if we're gonna uh, be a soldier, we've got to be willing to endure some things, some trouble, some afflictions, uh, and some hardships uh, in this life. And, and I don't have to tell you that, as I mentioned this morning, if you live for God, we're gonna suffer in this life, amen? You can't be a Christian and be popular in the world. Now I'm not looking to pick a fight and I don't think Christians ought to be arrogant. In fact, they're not arrogant. They're not a smart aleck or anything like that. But if you take your stand for God in this world, there's one thing you can remember. The world will mark you uh, uh, for that stand. And so it tells him here that he needs to be steadfast. And then he tells him in verse number four that if you're gonna be a good soldier, you've gotta be separated. Amen. Look what he said. He said, no man that warreth entangleth himself with the affairs of this life that he may please him who hath chosen him to be a soldier. Now that's interesting tonight because separation is not just a matter of purity but it's also a matter of priority, amen? That's what this verse says here. He said, no man that warreth entangleth himself with the affairs of this life. When we think about Bible separation, we think about coming out from this world, coming away from sin and certainly that 
that is a part of separation, but it's not just a matter of purity. It's a matter of getting your priorities right. Amen. Separation is a matter of me not getting too engrossed or too attached to this world so that I cannot live for God. Amen. And that deals a lot with weights in our life. Not everything that, that I may get entangled in is necessarily a sin, but if it hinders me from running the race, if it hinders me from being the soldier that God would have me to be, and if it doesn't please God, then it ought not please me. And it's a matter of keeping priorities in the right perspective. Amen. You know, you ought to ask yourself this question tonight. What's the most important thing on your list? And if it's anything other than serving Jesus, then your priorities are not where they need to be at tonight. So, well, Brother Gravely, my family is, uh, is the most important thing on my list, but can I tell you, if you don't serve Jesus tonight, your family's not gonna make it. And if there's anything your family needs tonight out of you more than anything, more than they need your love, more than they need your, your compassion, more than they need your, your caregiving, what they need is you to live for God, amen? Because that's the greatest thing that you can do for your family is be a Christian, amen? And so he's talking about being a soldier. But I don't really wanna preach tonight on being a soldier. I wanna preach tonight on something different in verse number two that I see here. And I wanna preach on this subject. While Paul may be emphasizing that of a soldier. When you come to verse number two, there's something that I saw the other day that I'd never seen before. That doesn't mean somebody else hasn't, but what I saw in verse number two is that Paul is doing something in this verse here. You say, what do you mean, preacher? Well, Paul, uh, Paul is passing the baton in verse number two. He said, and the things that thou hast heard of me among many witnesses, notice what he said, the same commit thou to faithful men who shall be able to teach others also. And here Paul has come to the end of his race. He has been a good soldier for Jesus Christ. He has served God. This is the last epistle that Paul is going to write. He knows that it's just a matter of time. He's headed to Nero's chop block. He's about to leave this world. In fact, two chapters later, he said, for the time of my departure is at hand. I have fought a good fight. I have finished my course. I have kept the faith. So Paul knows he's going to die. And as Paul is making that last turn and as Paul is running that last stretch of life, he's got Timothy in his sights. He's got my friend heaven in his sights and Paul is about to do something. You know what he's about to do? He's about to pass the baton of what he has lived for God down through the years. He has run his race and now it is time for him to pass it on to a younger man and to check out and go on to glory. And can I tell you tonight in this walk of life, we're all running that race, aren't we? We're running the race of life and one of these days, you know what's gonna happen? We're gonna make the final turn and we're gonna get in the last stretch of life and you know what's gonna happen? It's gonna be our turn to pass that baton off to someone else and my friend, I don't know about you but I wanna be a good soldier. I wanna be a faithful runner. I wanna finish my course when it comes to the final stretch of life, amen? So I'm preaching tonight on the passing of the baton. The passing of the baton. You see, as men of God, we have a responsibility to pass that baton. You know, whenever runners are running that Olympic race, uh, in that relay race, what they'll do is they will line up uh, and they'll run in that lane uh, and they'll run that lap. And when they come around, uh, uh, listen, the race is not over just because they have finished their race. Uh, but there's another runner standing there ready with his hand stretched out uh, and he's waiting for that runner to take that baton 
baton and put it in his hand. And as he passes it to him, he carries on what the runner behind him just got through carrying. Amen. I want to tell you that's what we're doing tonight. We're just carrying on what's been carried before us. And by the grace of God, if Jesus doesn't come, there'll be others that are coming up. And we need to pass the baton of old time religion, to pass the baton of living for God that's been passed down to us. We need to put it in their hand one of these days. The passing of the baton. When you think about this, unlike in the Olympic race, in the race of life, we never know who the last runner is going to be. We never know when that baton is going to be passed for the last time. You and I may be the last ones running the journey before Jesus comes, or there may be others that carry it beyond us. But tonight, we ought to run our race with patience. We ought to run the race that's been set before us. We ought to look unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him, he ran his race, didn't he? And the Bible said, uh, who for the joy that was set before him, uh, the word of God said he sat down to right hand the Father. I'm glad tonight that you and I have a responsibility, but we also have an opportunity, and that is to run the race uh, that God has given us uh, and pass on to others what has been given to us tonight. Now when I look at verse number two, I want you to consider three men in this verse. First of all, I want us to consider former men. As Paul says in verse number two, and the things that thou hast heard of me among many witnesses. As I've said before, Paul is leaving this world. He's a former man in Timothy's life who has had great influence and Paul is about to leave. And as Paul is about to leave, he puts that baton in Timothy's hand and he gives it to him. And this former man, as you think about him, he represents former men and former women of God that have served the Lord. You see, you may be a mother here tonight and you may say, well, I'm not a preacher, no, but you're a mother. And you know what you ought to do? You ought to pass down to your children a godly heritage. If you had godly parents, you ought to instill in them what they've taken and instilled in you. And if you're a first generation mother, then listen, you've started the race of life for them and you ought to run that race to the best of your ability and instill in your children and pass on something to them for God that they can pass on to their children. If you're a father, you ought to go to work and work a day, an honest day's work and work hard and you ought to come home and be a godly leader and a godly example in your home. Lead in family devotion. Lead in prayer. Be a man of faith and pass on to your children what your father has passed on to you. But Paul represents those former men. And can I say this tonight? He left Timothy some things. My friend, he said, the things which thou hast heard of me. I'm telling you, he left Timothy some things that money could not buy. Amen. I notice he left him spiritual wealth. As he said, and the things what kind of things did Paul leave Timothy? Well, we know he didn't leave him money. We know he didn't leave him real estate. We know that Paul didn't leave Timothy. Uh, uh, listen, some some great uh, some great retirement plan. What kind of things, Paul? Uh, did he leave that spiritual wealth? I will tell you what he left. He left him a good example, didn't he? Amen. He left him a great influence. Uh, he, he he instilled in Timothy spiritual truths. Uh, he left behind him uh, a spiritual wealth, uh, a personal prayer, and personal walking with God. I'm telling you, if there's anything that the generation 
generation coming up behind us to needs. Uh, you know what they need? Uh, they need some people that will pass the baton of spiritual wealth uh, and leave behind uh, a deep and a rich heritage uh, of what serving God really is all about. You know, I think about former preachers. I think, about, I think about men like Billy Kelly and Mays Jackson and Harold Seitler and Lester Roloff and Jack Hiles and, 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 and Curtis Hudson. And I think about Brother Stennett Blue and, and I think about Brother Berman Cape. I mentioned these men the other night. I think about men, uh, listen, uh, uh, like uh, other great men. I think about Brother Milford Biddle and great men of God that we could all mention names, former men who are in heaven. They've joined their ranks tonight. You know what they left behind us? They left behind us spiritual wealth. Where would you and I be tonight if it wasn't for preachers of the past? Men of God that have blazed a trail. They're not here tonight. Their voices, though, even though they're not present, they still echo in our minds. They still echo in our hearts. Statements and things that they said. I'm talking about spiritual wealth. He said, and the things. What kind of things spiritual wealth? He instilled spiritual truths in them. You know, more than giving your children a great education and more than giving them a good leg up in life, y'all didn't steal spirituality in them. Coming to a good Bible-believing church isn't enough. Can I get a witness tonight? You say, well, we go to a good church and they hear, they hear solid preaching. That's not enough. You bet the Bible said train up a child. You know what that means? Raising a child means you pay for them. It means you put a roof over their head. It means you put clothes on their back. You put food in their stomach. That's raising them. But training them involves time. It involves teaching. And I'll tell you what children are starving to death for. They need some mamas and daddies that will just turn the television off, put up all the devices, get rid of those things, and just spend some time training them. Amen? Spend some time teaching them. That's missing in this generation. And friend, Paul left behind a spiritual way he left behind sound words. Look what he said in verse number two. And the things that thou hast heard of me. Sound words. You know, thank God for the preacher. Thank God for preachers of the past that have left us sound words. I remember those words. Can you, can you think of things that preachers, men of God, former men, what they have said time and time again, they still ring out in your mind? I think about Brother Blue when he would make this statement, God's shovel's bigger than your spoon. And somebody said, I'll be the other way around. I told him that one time. He said, no. He said, God's shovel's bigger than your spoon. And uh, I think about other statements. God will give through you what he will not give to you. I mean, when I first heard him make that statement, amen. Uh, listen, I think about I think about old brother, uh, uh, I can't think of his name right now. It'll come to me here in just a moment. Uh, but you know what? He used to take his fist and ball it up like this right here. And he'd say, look at me, my God-given eyeballs. And when he said that, he was fixing to say something that maybe everybody wasn't gonna like. But he had boldness. And he preached. I think about brother. I think about brother Harold B. Seitler preaching. I remember one night he preached at the camp. He preached on a scent of water. Now I'm telling you something. I mean, the high winds of heaven blew through that service that night. I'm telling you, listen. I had, I had good. And I know we don't base everything on goosebumps, you know, brother Daniel. But the fact is, I had goosebumps. I had goosebumps. Amen. I'm telling you, the wind of heaven. It was like God uh, leaned down behind that old uh, general, my friend. Uh, he leaned down behind that old gray-haired man of God that had prayed. 
made him walk with God down through the years and he stood there and never moved an inch but every time he'd raise his hand I'm telling you a wave of glory would stretch across that auditorium and the power of God and the man I'll never forget that as long as I live I'm talking about faithful men that left some sound words in our life amen talking about passing the baton. I think about he left Timothy not only a spiritual wealth and sound words, but notice he left him several witnesses. Look what he said. And the things that thou hast heard of me among many witnesses. In other words, there was no denying where Paul stood and what Paul said. You know, that's how preachers ought to be. Preachers are not supposed to be chameleons. Amen, y'all still with me? Hey, it's daylight outside. Don't go to sleep yet. Amen. Do you know what? We're not supposed to be chameleons. We're not supposed to tell a congregation what, what they want to hear. We're to tell us what we all need to hear, including the preacher. And you know what? I think about Paul said, listen, listen, the same that thou has heard of me said, he said, you've heard it among many witnesses. In other words, if you heard Paul was preaching in town and somebody said, hey, let's go down here to the street corner. I heard there's a man down here by the, by the name of Apostle Paul and he's preaching down here on the corner. You know what one of those witnesses would say? Well, ain't no sense in you going down there. I can tell you what he's preaching, amen. If you go down there, I can tell you what you're gonna hear if you go down to that corner. Yeah, I'll tell you what Paul's gonna do. Paul's gonna take his text and he's going to preach the gospel, the grace of God. In other words, Paul was plain in what he said. People knew where he stood. They knew what he said. And don't you think God for former men of God and preachers uh, that have been plain uh, and have preached it like it is to men as they are. And thank God for not just preachers, but thank God for Christians uh, who were, or listen, who, had, who we knew by their testimony where they stood and how they lived their life. I think about Brother Jack Middleton. You know, Brother Jack Middleton, if you knew him, there's one thing about it. There was no gray area with Brother Jack. Whether it was right or wrong or you agreed with it or not, it was all black and white. And I like that. Somebody say amen. Uh, gray, uh, gray, I ain't got gray on, thank God. Amen. But it makes me nervous when people want to blend everything together. And one day, uh, listen, we were, uh, we was uh, going down the road and uh, me and Brother Jack was talking about something and, uh, you know, uh, we were just friendly conversation and he asked me a question. Well, when I told him what I believed about it, he said, you know, I don't believe a word of that. <laughs> and I said, well, that's okay. You can be wrong if you want to. And uh, he told me what he believed. And when he got through, there wasn't no debating. I mean, I stood where I stood. He stood where he stood. And we still went to Hardy's and ate a biscuit. Isn't that a blessing? Amen. And you know what? I reckon he just died wrong. I can't help that, you know. But you know, I mean, can't we can't both be right unless you're going to believe the way I believe. You saw oh, that's just too narrow-minded. And I'll tell you something. I don't want to hear a man get up and preach. Or I don't want to hear a man that, that get up and testify. For that matter, that doesn't really know what he believes. Or he believes one thing this day. And he believes another thing another day. Or when he with this crowd, he stands this way. And when he's with that crowd, he stands another way. Hey, listen, uh, you know what we need? We need some fun. people like these former men of God that, listen, there wasn't no changing their mind. Well, no changing their mind. And some of the things, I want to stop and say this. Some of the things that former preachers preached was a matter of principle. And they stood on it because it was principle. Oh, listen, I'm talking about there's former men. We ought to consider, think about this. Look at me tonight. Think about people that you know tonight. They don't have to be preachers. Think about people you know 
that are in heaven tonight that they never changed. They stayed the same. Don't you want to end up that same way? Isn't that the kind of Christian you want to be? Brother, I'm going to tell you something. I don't want to, I don't want to change tonight. I think about the people that come before me. I owe them a great debt tonight. The people that have instilled in your life. Don't, don't you walk away from the people that have poured their, they said, well, they're gone in heaven. Well, I'm gonna tell you something, God put them. I believe that, that friendships and I believe that, that relationships in life, they're providential is what they are. You ever thought about how God sends some people in your life for a season and some he puts there for a lifetime? And you know, tonight God does that for a reason. He's working people in our life and he's working people out of our life and uh, He's doing that. Those former people, those former saints of God, they put some things, Brother Mike, in our life we ought to never give up. We ought to never sell out to. We ought to never, we ought to never throw in the towel on because they were faithful men, former men. Then secondly, I want you to notice not only do we see the former men in this text, but I want you to consider the faithful men in this text. He said, the things that thou hast heard of me among many witnesses, look at this, the same commit thou to faithful men. When you think about faithful men tonight, Paul is telling Timothy, now Timothy, you got a responsibility. You need to reach out and get some men that are like you and you need to get some faithful men and you need to commit this to them. And what Paul means by faithful men, notice here, faithful men, they must be the same. Look what he said. He said the same commit thou to faithful men. That's one word you can mark down about someone that's faithful. If someone is faithful, you, well, there's one word you can attach to that word faithfulness. You can attach the word same. They're the same, amen? And people ought to be the same, not just on Sunday. Can I get a witness? They ought to be the same on Monday that they were on Sunday and Tuesday and Wednesday. Hey, the things I believe don't change because it's tomorrow. They don't change because it's Saturday, amen? I'm telling you, listen, don't you want to be the same a year from now? I still want to, I want to listen as the old time preacher once said, he said, thank God I'm still standing where I once stood when I first started standing, amen? And that's how I want to be. I want to stand where I've always stood, amen? And by the grace of God, I can raise this King James Bible tonight and say on the authority of the word of God, I believe the very same things tonight that I believed 32 years ago when I got born in the family of God. It's the same Bible. It's the same book. It's the same blood. It's the same Holy Ghost. It's the same heaven. It's the same principles. It's the same story. And I want to be the same, don't you? I don't want to change. I'm not going to quit wearing a tie to the pulpit. Somebody say amen. Isn't that right? Well, I mean, sometimes I would like to hang the person that invented the tie. Wouldn't it be a whole lot better off if we didn't have to wear ties? But you know what? I, I'm not gonna, I'm gonna wear a tie to the pulpit. I don't care how many preachers quit doing that. They can do what they want to do. But that's holy, that's a holy office tonight. Brother, I'm gonna tell you, listen, it's a, it, you say, well, a tie don't make a preacher. Well, I don't want to hear one that ain't got one on. Somebody say amen. Unless he's been working in the field all day, then I'll listen to him. Isn't that right? 
But some guy come in here and roll a pulpit out of the way and put a little stool up here and a turtleneck, amen, and uh, he's sitting there, you know, uh, uh, and want to give me a little uh, counseling session. Hey, friend, I just seem to go to the house, don't you? Uh, I got no interest in that. And I'm not, you say, well, that's narrow-minded. No, I just, listen, if a man ain't got no more respect for the office of a man of God and preaching than that, he needs to get out of the business uh, and do make an honest living, amen? And I tell you, I want to hear, I don't care if he takes it off while he's preaching. I don't care if it's a clip on or if it's around his neck, but I'll tell you, when a man of God stands behind this sacred desk, it ought to mean something to him. It ought to be holy ground. It ought to be the same. I'll tell you, we're living in a day when everybody wants to change. Let's just be the same. Hallelujah. Faithful men are the same. Faithful men must be secured. Look what he said. He said, the same commit. You know, tonight, if you're not willing to be committed, and in essence, what you're saying, you're, you'll never be faithful. The same commit thou. A faithful man has to be committed. Paul said, I want you to take the things that I've taught you, Timothy, and I want you to commit them to a faithful man. But if that man's not committed, he'll not hold true to them. And tonight, I'm not just saying this about preachers. I'm saying it about church members. Be committed to your church. Be committed to tithing. Be committed to Sunday school. Be committed to, to singing in the choir. Be committed to, to soul winning. Be committed to reading your Bible. Be committed to, uh, to prayer, time in prayer. You see, we're living in a time when people, they don't want to commit. And I'll tell you one reason why God blesses his church is because we got some committed people, amen? And if we're gonna continue down that road, we're gonna have to continue to have people that are committed. That means when times when your flesh don't feel like it, in times when you don't feel like it, you just gotta go on because you're committed. I, I see people sometimes that physically I know they shouldn't be doing what they're doing. But you know what? They're committed. Don't you thank God for that tonight? I see people sometimes that they probably shouldn't be up here singing, but they're committed. No, every Sunday school lesson's not a, not a, what would you say? A, 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 it's not a, every Sunday school lesson's not just tremendous. Can we say it that way? Every sermon's not just gonna be a stick of dynamite. We know that. Every Wednesday night service is not gonna be, you're gonna come in some Wednesday nights, wore out, tired. Uh, listen, your boss has fussed you out. You've had a flat tire. You run over somebody's cat, thank God, amen. And uh, you've had a really tough day. I don't like cats neither, Amen. Somebody put a cartoon out years ago that all dogs go to heaven. Well, if all dogs go to heaven, that only leaves one place for cats, amen. Isn't that right? Sorry if you're a cat lover. I don't trust a cat, amen. No more than I trust a Clinton, amen. <laughs> you know, the truth of the matter is, I don't even know what I was telling you now. <laughs> Here's the truth of the matter. Every sermon's not, every service is not gonna be. But you know what? God's keeping a record. Every time you walk through them doors on a Wednesday night when your flesh said stay home, but you come home because you said, no, I'm committed. God honors that. It might be what keeps your children out of the hospital. Amen. Though they can get sick when you are committed, I'm not saying that. But you know what? Some of the blessings of life is not more money in the bank. It's just healthy children. Amen. 
Sometimes I thought about going down. I was going down the road the other day. Man, I'm telling you, it was it was storming. I mean, raining. And I could barely see over the hood and just, I mean, the wind about to blow you off the side of the road, you know. And, and uh, it's going down uh, down the road and it was dark outside. And I thought, Lord, would you take care of us? Would you let us get through this storm? And, and I'm gonna tell you something. Got to my des- destination. And when I laid my head down that night, Holy Spirit reminded me, said, I helped you through that storm. I said, thank you, God. No tell them what could have been in my path, uh, but you took care of us. Amen. I'd rather have that as to have a million dollars tonight. I'm telling you, you know what? You say, well, preacher, uh, listen, something could happen if you are committed, and it could, but I'll tell you what, when you are committed, God takes care of you. There's security and serving and living for God, and we need faithful men tonight. I think there's something to be said about people that have longevity in serving God. And then they must be shared. Look what he said. The same commit thou to faithful men. Notice that's a plural word, not man, but men. And what Paul tells Timothy reminds him, Timothy, you can't do this by yourself. Timothy, this is not a one-man show. Can I tell you tonight? Mother, you need that husband. And husband, you need that wife. And, and can I tell you, children, you need your parents. Don't ever take your parents for granted. If you got parents that love God and go to church and, and work a job and, and pay, I, listen, you ought to thank God for that. I remember when my children was growing up, I wouldn't let them leave a light on in, the, in another room. I, I wouldn't let them leave the water running unless they was doing something with it. I mean, listen, I, you say, why? I just taught them. I just taught them somebody's paying for that. And there's, there's a responsibility there. Don't wait. What, what God has blessed and what God has given. I, I'm just simply saying this tonight that when it comes to serving God and when it comes to passing that baton, I think about the former men, but I think about the faithful men. And then Paul mentions another a sector of men. He mentions those future men. Look what he said in verse number two again. He said, who shall be able to teach others also? When you think about those others tonight, those are people that Those are people that have not learned yet. They've not been taught. They're not listed. They've not been labeled yet. They've not ran their course. It's others that are coming up in the ranks. You never know who might be sitting here tonight or somewhere else for that matter. You never know what God may be doing in some young person's heart, what plan God may have in some some child's life tonight. But what that child, those are future men and women. But what they need to see is they need to see some faithful men who have looked back at the former. I think about 59 years ago, I wasn't here. I hadn't discovered America 59 years ago. 1961, I didn't show up till 75, amen. Do you know what? In 1961, this church was started in a two-car garage right over here in Fairview. And uh, you think about, there's a lot of people tonight that's in heaven, some that I never met that y'all know, that you went to church with, that's in heaven tonight. That there's, there's a plaque over there on the wall with names on it, a lot of names that I don't even know, and many of you don't know tonight. Do you know who they are? They're former men and women. They paid their tithes, they kept the doors open. They kept a Bible Baptist church going through the 60s and through the 70s and through the 80s till you and I could get here. And then one day, one by one, God called them on. The baton has been passed tonight to this congregation. 25, 30 years from now, some won't be here. 
some will have done turned the corner and ran the final stretch of life and they will have crossed the finish line. They will have passed the baton to someone else. Tonight, we that are here, we're to be those faithful, committed people. Every time the devil tries to talk you out of giving something up or you know, around here, if you start something, you never get to quit it. Can I get a witness on that? That's a big amen, isn't it? Can I get an amen, Brother Black? He's been trying to get fired for, for I don't know, as long as I can remember. And he's come close a couple times, I'm going to be honest with you. He's really pushed the limit to the point. I, I was like, let's just, let's, you know. But you know what? You don't get fired here. You just get more work. I told Brother Terry, I said, I want you to do the, if he's in the nursing home, I want him to do church bulletin. We'll get you a computer as long as you can hear a thunderclasp and drink through a straw and peck a button. Keep on working, friend. Isn't that right? There's no quitting place. Well, I just think it's time for me to retire. From what? It ain't time for you to retire. Serve God till you die. Be a soldier. Soldiers to the end, isn't that right? Once a Marine, always a Marine. Would you still fight for your country tonight? That's right. I'm going to tell you, if you're a soldier for Jesus, you can't quit, you can't throw in the towel. Because one of these days, you'll turn that corner. You know what you're going to see at the end of that finish line? You're going to see a little hand reached out, ready to pick up what you've carried. You know, I hope I die preaching one day. Not tonight, but <laughs> not tonight. But I, I tell you, I, I want as long as I'm breathing, I want to preach. As long as I'm breathing, I want to pastor Bible Baptist Church. Now, I may get senile one day and y'all have to push me in a corner and let me think I'm pastoring, but Amen, but I don't want to quit. Why quit? It's the best thing we know tonight. Serving Jesus is the greatest thing. So I'm just kindly, I'm just kindly, you know, I got a lot going on, preacher. I got a lot in my life. Well, just serve God through it all. Serve God. I've heard families make this statement. When they start going, I've heard them say this down through the years. Well, it's just time we kind of pull back a little bit. It's just, you know, we've got to spend more time with our family. I'm going to tell you something about that tonight. You don't want your children to turn out for God. You serve God with your family all the days of your life. Don't you pull back on your children. You, you keep them on that front line serving Jesus. You tell them you sing in that choir. Every one of y'all sing in the choir. Always, always. You go to Sunday school. You be there on time. You, you, you be faithful. You put, and then you live that in front of them. You be that example. You, put that, you be that faithful person. Because one day you will pass the baton on to somebody else. I was preaching a meeting the other day for, for Brother Grant. And uh, man, I love being a papa. I just don't talk much about it because it sounds old, you know. And I was laying across, I was laying across the bed and Jace was laying across the bed there. And uh, I was, I was, we, we were supposed to be taking the naps, what we were supposed to be doing. And I was doing pretty good about it, but, you know, I was laying there, and Brother David, I thought, well, if I don't look at him, 
he'll go off, you know. I laid there 10 minutes and, and I was about completely gone, you know. And I thought, well, I cracked my open. He's probably gone by now. I cracked my open. He just looked right over at me. <laughs> I said, this ain't working. So I laid there. He's talking to me. I wasn't really listening. He just, I was, yes, yes. I just answered him. But he said something. He said, Papa, he said, you're a preacher. I said, yeah. I said, I'm, Papa's a preacher. I mean, I'm about to go off, you know. And uh, he said, then he said this. He said, I'm going to be a preacher. And I'm going to tell you something. I pray every day, God, call my grandkids to preach. Not Rayleigh. <laughs> She turns out to be a Joyce Meyer. It wasn't my fault, okay? <laughs> she can preach now. But I said, God, call them boys to preach. Let Rayleigh marry a preacher. Make her a missionary, a missionary's wife. Make them missionaries. He said, well, if they're missionaries, they might go to another field. That's right. You know what Hudson Taylor did when he was four years old? Hudson Taylor is probably one of the greatest missionaries outside the Apostle Paul. Went to China, you know the story, 12 providences. He sent in over his lifetime, died in 1905. Over 865 missionaries went to China. There was 12 providences that had no missionaries there. Ch Hudson Taylor went there, got under such a burden, came back, said, God, give me, give me 12 men in one year. God gave him 24 the first year, gave him 70 the second year, over 100 the third year. And when Hudson Taylor died, 865 men had surrendered to the mission field and women and went to China and invaded China. He died in 1905 and by 1915 over 900 and something had went by then. God used Hudson Taylor. But when Hudson Taylor was four years old he stepped up on the coffee table in his home and he said when I become a man I'm going to be a missionary to China. And you know why Hudson Taylor said that? I don't even remember Hudson Taylor's father's name. But his father had such a love for China. That's all he thought about. It's all he talked about. He prayed. He talked about China so much that that little boy, by the time he was four years old, hey, listen to me. It wasn't the preacher that influenced Hudson Taylor. It wasn't a flaming evangelist. It wasn't even a missionary. You know who it was? His father. Daddy had said so much about China by the time Taylor was four years old. He had purposed in his little heart. And I want to, if that's what daddy, if that's daddy's desire, then when I become a man, I'm going to be a missionary to China. He didn't know what he was saying, but God knew. And can I tell you something tonight? Mom and daddy, I wonder what potential does lie here. If we'd be faithful. I'm telling you, I want to pass the baton one of these days to another generation. And I want to have run my course and been faithful, don't you? I want to remember while I'm serving God, those men and women before us that never wavered, never compromised, never gave in. Don't you want to be like them, those faithful men as we stand tonight? How about it? Lord, help me tonight. Help me to be faithful. God, help me to be committed. Lord, help me to run that race. Help me not to give in. Oh, when the devil tempts, when others stray, when others change course, 
oh Lord, help me just to stay with what's, what stay the course. Help me to be a soldier. This is not about family. This is not about friendships. This is not about the favor of others. Serving God. It's all about what verse 4 said. Pleasing Him who hath chosen you to be a soldier. Serving God's about pleasing Him and nobody else. It's about doing the will of God in your life. Making Him happy. Doing what He would ask you to do. While we sing tonight, Brother David leads us. If you need to come, would you come while we sing?